Savage fuckers. Welcome to Greg Medford Show. It's Greg here, Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome to the welcome to the revolution. That's all I can tell you. So we've got, uh, you know, we've had a lot of politicians in. We're starting to get a kind of more diverse uh, group of folks that are interesting and have got all kinds of backgrounds. And, uh, you know, part of what I want to do is like, I want to talk about relevant things as we've been doing for the last 12 years. I want to talk about politics because I, I think politics is a... Uh, Policy and politics are the thing on which the future is kind of leveraged at the moment. And if we don't get it right, we screw up everything. And unfortunately, the people in charge have a track record of screwing up almost everything. There seems to be some movement to get outside of it. I think everybody knows it's corrupt and it's stagnant and... It's hard to affect real substantive change when half the country wants something that seems so absolutely insane to the other half. Pick your half. And there seems to be a group of people who are stepping outside of it. And the government will be a day late and a dollar short showing up to regulate. And then they're going to find out when they get there. There are a bunch of post-middle-aged ding-dongs who hardly can use their cell phones and they won't even know what the hell's going on. So we've got somebody in today who's kind of an expert in the space, kind of. He's an expert in the space. I have asked about stuff out in the, I, I hate saying metaverse, but out in the digital universe, because fuck Facebook and the metaverse. But I mean, and meta and all their bullshit. I, you know, I hate Facebook and I hate Instagram. They can eat a bag of dicks, but... I look at uh, the digital universe. There's something going on out there. And, uh, you know, I'm 51, so I'm trying to wrap my brain around, is it real, is it substantive, or is it the next boondoggle? So we're going to get some clarity on that today. We're going to talk about, bit. Uh, well, I don't say Bitcoin. We're going to talk about cryptocurrency. We're going to talk about NFTs and the marketplace that seems to be emerging in the 18. In the 1850s and the 1880s, it was go west, young man. There was free land out there, and they were settling the west. There's something out in the digital universe that people are out there settling, some kind of frontier. And I haven't totally wrapped my brain around it. So maybe today, with you and me and our guest today, we can get a tiny bit of clarity and maybe wrap, maybe kind of wrap our head around this. It reminds me when I talk about this digital universe that everybody's engaging in, it reminds me of when I was doing deep interstellar astronomy in college and we were talking about vast distance and time and my head was popping every now and then you get little glimpses of it and then your brain retreats and says, oh, it's too much. So I, it reminds me of that little tiny bit. We're going to dive in. Our guest today is Josh Mims. Josh, thanks for coming in today. Hey, thanks for having me, Craig. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. So you're from up in Northern California. Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, what are you doing down here in Arizona? We're actually hosting an event called NFT Connect Live. 
and uh, we're educating people in the crypto space. We're trying to provide a platform where we can educate and empower everybody from, you know, the lowest of Americans up to the, the most elite. And uh, everybody in this space right now is lacking that education for sure. So l let me poke around a little bit in the trunk. Uh, what's your background? Where'd you grow up? <laughs> Funny enough, I grew up in Northern California. Okay. I spent a good chunk of my life in Alaska and I got a 22 year commercial fishing background before I got into the crypto space about three years ago. So you jumped in three years into crypto yes, and what'd you jump into hard at the time what'd you uh, get into currencies like, uh, stuff all, in where'd you make out like a band ethereum and bitcoin were where i really started flipping coins you know and and honestly in the beginning i was uneducated and i thought hey buy buy low sell high and just keep flipping and then the reality of mm -hmm. it the long-term holders are the guys that benefit the most oh yeah i mean obviously if you can dedicate 24 hours a day to watching those charts and you know what you're doing you can make a little bit of money but for the average american it's buy and hold they call it diamond hands and you don't want to just flip i mean because a lot of people lose doing that yeah and but that's getting down into the weeds of it you know there's so much utility and benefit behind cryptocurrencies and especially nfts and and we can get into that more here in a minute but the biggest thing right now that we want to provide is education for everybody well let me uh, you know guys are going to want because everybody's talking about this shit everywhere yep. and half the time i hear them talking about it i'm like do they really know what they're talking about it feels like they read like a, a i mean i i don't want to be too critical i want to poke around a little bit and give get some bona fides from you so mm -hmm. everybody listening can can kind of get it yeah so you started in this three years ago yep you put some money into it oh yeah mind if i ask how much you put no into it? honestly i started playing around i took when i first dove in i took about 300 bucks and i just bought a few coins low market cap coins which are you know low priced you mm -hmm. know un under 10 cents most of them and i played around with it for about a month and i took that 300 bucks turned it into about five grand and i was like man this is crazy you know i mean i just and this is with no real like college education you know i come from the school of hard knocks yeah sure and so i was like man this is nuts so then i really took the deep dive and i and got introduced to a community called be social it's an nft group and they really expanded my horizons they they opened doors of education to me that i never thought were possible and once i really got into it i started to discover that there's so much utility behind it that it's not just a coin it's not just a picture it's not just a jpeg there's so much more so to let it. me ask you this are, these are all like blockchain derivative type um um items yeah every, whether it's a blockchain encrypted valuation coin of some name or a picture of melania trump well, and see whatever. there's a big difference between the cryptocurrencies and nfts so there is, a, okay. a, a cryptocurrency is a, a fungible token which means you can't tell any one of those tokens apart if you had a thousand of them you couldn't tell anyone from the other a non-fungible token on the other hand has a unique id to it so you can tell every individual token from each other so they're much easier to track and to to utilize in a, a utility sense so like a lot of people I've been talking to lately in politics, because you brought up politics earlier, is that you could actually use the blockchain and NFTs to have a completely transparent voting system. And it's 100% trackable. You can eliminate the human element. So no miscounts, no mess ups, none of that. And on the blockchain, you could have 300 million Americans watching that vote and time. be able to account for every one of them votes themselves. No matter where they were. No, no matter where they are in the right, world. Right. In the world, anybody could look on that blockchain, even outside of our country, and double check the, 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 the votes and everything else. There's so much utility that people overlook because everybody's stuck on the image. 
And and yeah, granted, JPEGs, you know, people are making a lot of money right now off of these NFT images, but the utility aspect behind them are what's going to make this go big. And once people realize the functionality behind it, it's going to change the way we do it a lot of things. It seems like we might at some point transition from a social security number to an NFT for the human. Is you that know, what you're saying it's so unique and so solid? It is. It is. And I mean, just imagine a, a ballot that you know is only yours. You fill it out. You vote. It gets cast in the blockchain. It's 100% there forever. Like that, it never will go away. So in 25 years, they could go back and recount them if they had to. And everybody can do that from you, me, all the way up to the, the politicians. So it keeps everybody honest. And that's the nice thing about the transparency of the blockchain. And that's the good thing about NFTs is their trackability. You know, uh, so we did a project here recently. You don't know a lot about about crypto but there's things called liquidity pools and it's where you lock up an asset a token or financials and you lock it up for 12 months you yield off of it you pull coins off of it or sometimes currency and then after 12 months you get your investment back well usually that's locked into a wallet and you can't do anything with it by utilizing nft technology we were able to tie that liquidity holding to an nft and therefore say you're locked up for 12 months and grandma's in the hospital and you can't clear your liquid your liquidity out of the account. Now you could turn around, sell that NFT and in which place sell your liquidity holding your position in that pool to another person. So, all right, we just lost half the people. So, <laughs> so let me back up. You started with 300 bucks. You got to 5,000 yes, bucks. Sir. Are you kind of retired now or what are you doing? Well, I have made the move full-time crypto. Okay. Um, and a lot of it is these events we're hosting, you know, putting on these educational events so that we don't lose people because this is going to change everybody's lives. And the, the first step in doing that is getting people the education in the space. Well, how, t give me the low hanging fruit. How's it going to change our lives? How's it? Okay. So right now we're doing work in other countries like Ecuador, Kenya, places like that, where people live off, say 15 to $30 a month by utilizing a lot of the blockchain technology and programs that are out there. Now, these people can actually mine currency from their phone and make about $2 a day. And when you're talking about a, a family that lives off $30 a month, if they can make an extra $2 a day, $60 a month, you've just tripled their quality of life. Where does the money come from? The It depends on how you look at it. A lot of it is companies will put into a pool a token that you can be mined out, however, by activity. Like say they encourage people to go on and... and I mean, some of the most basic ones are like retweet this or go do this. You know, they give a people a task, you know, which for me and you, we're not going to spend six hours on the computer doing it for two, four dollars. But people over there will. So it actually creates almost like a marketing system for your company. And you're rewarding them with some of your cryptocurrency in the process. Hmm. And there's lots of aspects and lots of ways people are doing it. That's just one. And that's what we're trying to do with our group is we believe in lifting people up, giving a hand up, not a handout. And by educating people and giving them those opportunities, they're growing their knowledge, which in return helps grow the brand. With I mean, your seminars, are you trying to get people to basically turn into uh, crypto traders? Well, not necessarily traders, no, because the technology is so much deeper than that. You want them to just invest? Well, it, it's not they're It's not even investing, really, because eventually we're going to see a tokenized world. 
We really are. I mean, the U.S. dollar is going to turn into a cryptocurrency. It really will. The way technology is going, it's all going to change to that direction. It makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, because uh, you've seen what they've done up in Canada. You know, they know exactly yeah. what you're doing. They can take your stuff from you at any time. But that's a double-edged sword. You know what I mean? We can see what they're doing, too. How many trillions of dollars are they wasting in the government on a, a yearly basis? Well, I mean, all we all we need to know is the toilet's flushed. We don't need to look in the pipe and see where the dollars go. That's true. I mean, it's just <laughs> gone. So, uh, you you traded, you kind of crypto traded for a couple of years. And yes. You've, you've decided to go kind of full time at it. Yes, sir. And you're, how many of these seminars? Have, this is this your first one. This is our first one here in Arizona. Cool. We have multiple planned across the U.S. throughout the year, and uh, we're going to continue to do this as long as we possibly can. And and so uh, you know it costs money to put on a seminar. Yes, People it does. pay to go to the seminar. Yes, sir. Okay, all right. And then uh, um, have you have you kind of already made your living, or is that part of your living? I'm just asking you because everyone I, you everyone, know, everyone everyone we're all confused about like where, where did the money come from? Why don't we like I'll give you an example. My Instagram page for my company was stolen mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, Ooh. and so they ransomed. You know they wanted money from me, so I gave them money in Bitcoin because everyone says you do and they'll give you your site back and they didn't give me my site back they said they didn't get the money so, you can track it oh I, I they got the money i got it to their account oh, yeah yeah i sent them the the bitcoin and uh and they just didn't turn my site back on and they said you need to pay i said i already paid they said no you need to pay we didn't get the money i said you got the money i could see it you got it so through the blockchain you can track them all the way to the exchange they used to pull the money off and then to their front door yeah you mean their address? We had a community member. Yeah, we had a community member in our group get taken for $120,000, and we tracked the guy that did it to his front door in Nigeria. Oh. Mm -hmm. It's 100% transparent. You can find anybody on the blockchain. Anybody. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you guys stole my goddamn, you know, they stole my uh, Instagram page. So let's get it back. I'd, I'd love to. Everybody has hit the wall on it, you know, and, and Instagram deletes it in another few days. It's been, you know, 45 days to delete all memory of your account. So, Ooh. yeah, it's just a bummer. Where was I a month ago? Yeah, you were up in Northern California. Mm -hmm. Hiding in the Redwoods. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, the, the NFT thing, um, everybody's starting to talk about it. And so, non-fungible token, it basically means... Um, it's almost like a certificate of authenticity. I mean, that's the best way for me to describe it in layman's terms. It's unique. It's got a serial, not necessarily a serial number. It's built into the programming of the, the token. But you can tell that token apart from any other token, which is what makes it unique. It makes it trackable and, and usable in so many senses. Like I was saying, like a ballot, you know, is one great way of doing it. Or if you were to do it with your knives, you know, you could offer up an NFT as a certificate of authenticity what would be a picture of my knife or what would it be well you could go the, any route you want i mean a picture of your knife would tell be me cool. how to make an nft tell me how to do it because people want to know like it maybe it'll give somebody a sense because you, you know what's funny is really anybody can make an nft you can get onto a site called rarible you can upload an image and create an NFT. When I first started in this space, that's how I educated myself is I actually took some of my fishing pictures and I went out and I turned them into NFTs and gave them away to my friends, you know, just so I could learn the process. There's a lot of companies. I'm working with a company right now that's doing asset-backed NFTs backed by precious gems. So you actually get an NFT that's backed by a hard asset, a precious gem. And if you choose to, you can cash in that NFT and claim that gem or upgrade get a piece of jewelry from the company 
And so it's it's neat how people are developing new technologies and new ways of using these NFTs to track things. So like they have a, a cutting facility in Sri Lanka. So say their sapphire mine produces the gems, gets them cut and polished. They're stored in a facility. You have an NFT that represents that gem. Well, the market goes up, the gem goes up in value and you decide, okay, I'm going to cash it in get my wife a beautiful necklace. You know what I mean? But the whole time that gems kept safe in their facility in a safe and you don't have to worry about, you know, my shithead kid's going to steal it. You know what I mean? So hmm. it, it gives people a way to access things or not if they want. There's a cool site out there right now called Block Bar. I see you like Macallan. They actually have $300,000 bottles of Macallan on the site. They're, you buy it, buy an NFT. They keep it in their climate-controlled facility. And when you decide the day comes where you want to drink it, you just burn that NFT, it's called. They bring it and privately deliver it to your front door in person. And, I mean, it's it's really neat. The For me... I wouldn't want that bottle sitting in my cupboard. You know what I mean? It terrified me when my kid knocked well, it over. For your average person, how what is this? How, where do you think it, this is going to first emerge for folks who aren't buying a crazy luxury items? Where where, where do you think they're going to see this technology emerge on their horizon? Access, you know, really access. So there's we've been speaking with some political figures that are talking about doing it for campaign donations. And as a reward, kind of, you buy the NFT, they get the money for their campaign, but that NFT gives you access to that individual. So by being a holder, they know you're a supporter. They know that, hey, when this guy calls, I should answer. Just giving simple access to people is is the first step that I see really taking hold. Huh, okay, um, and and how, how about how, how about uh, for for like my plumber, <laughs> your plumber? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm not being plucky with you. No, no, I'm, no. I'm I'm trying to think of like examples that people listening to this can kind of wrap their brain around because people can kind of wrap their brain around a JPEG. You make a piece of original art; it's yep. the original one. Now anybody who can look at it can screen capture it. And now they have a copy of your yep. of your NFT. right click save. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm trying to, you know, like I don't get the JPEG thing. Like I just don't get it. I understand it, but I don't get it. Right. Because I'm like, it's a fucking digital picture, man. Like, it is. And it's yours. You own it. Super cool. But what can you do with it? Well, you know, there's lots of things you can do with it. The utility behind it is is endless. It really is endless. Like, so, for instance, I come from a fishing background. You know how they have, like, farm to table, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been looking at a way to get smaller boats to do, like, a boat to pot. And your NFT is just your subscription, you know, to that website, to that delivery service. That's all it is. It's a way to identify you as an individual. You connect your wallet to the site. It proves that you own that NFT. And then gives you access to our store. Now, granted, there's no resale value really in it, but it's more of a tool. It's just a way to prove that, yes, you have invested in my company. Now, here's my inventory. Take your pick or, you know, purchase what you want or for. So there's different tiers, too, in a lot of these projects mm -hmm. where there's, you know, a bronze, silver, gold, you know. So say you're a gold tier member and you own a restaurant. You're obviously going to get first choice of all my product discounts for wholesale stuff like that and it's just a way to track it and keep track of it or on my end as a as a fisherman you would know where i caught that fish what time it was caught how many hands it changed before it got to you and all that information could be stored on that nft and not altered or changed by anybody outside of the company so you would like in you know you'd have a techie boat that was like 
making NFTs of big fish as you caught them? Well, not necessarily as you caught them, but you could relay that information back to your 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 office, and then they would update your, your site, your NFTs, and all that with it. It's just a very secure form of a certificate of authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, people can can change anything on paper. You know what I mean? You can edit paper with Photoshop nowadays so good that people have no idea what they're getting or fudge numbers or you know how it is right now get things from overseas you know like you you have no idea how long that was actually sitting before it got there where with NFTs nobody could change it nobody could alter it you know it's it's permanent and then the transparency like I said before on the blockchain you could track it endlessly anybody can like me as the consumer I could track that fish right back to where it was caught but you have to put all that data into the NFT. You've yes. got to you've got to get that information. Yes, there. sir. Man, I am still like I get it. I mean, I I, I understand the mechanics of it. Yep. But I still am scratching my head, wondering about the application of it. Well, and it's. It, it, the innovation right now is happening at such a breakneck speed. Yeah. The conversation we're having right it's now in a, a month, now. yeah, in a month might not even matter anymore because of new technologies that are coming out. But that's why I'm encouraging everybody, and I mean, my 12 year old daughter has cryptocurrency. Like I'm encouraging everybody right now to start getting educated in this space because it's coming. I mean, the other day a guy moved 1.2 billion dollars, and it cost him 97 cents. In traditional finance, that would have been a $3.5 million transaction. You know, I was just talking to one of my guys who's got cryptocurrency, and I said, you know, uh, the dude from, I had a dude from uh, Turkey send me $1,000. I had somebody else working on trying to get my thing back, and he couldn't. He said he'd give me a refund, and I got $783 back. Gas fees. What's Tell me what that is. Okay, so for the blockchain every block that's produced and verified is verified by somebody on the chain those people whether it's proof of work like the ethereum network now and it's changing over to proof of stake they have to verify that block the gas fee is basically the payment to that person for keeping that blockchain active and verifying that block and then those gas fees are what we pay just kind of like bank fees at the bank and but they're onerous like, oh man! Right now, gas fees are insane. It's yeah. absolutely insane. So, so that that's the other thing. Is it the same with the NFTs? Do they have gas fees? Yes, and sir. Stuff? Every transaction you make on the Ethereum blockchain, you pay gas fees. All right. So, if someone wants to send you a thousand dollars in Ethereum, it 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 costs some money to. You right know. now, probably about six to eight bucks is what it would cost for me to send you a thousand bucks so i'll tell you uh and you could probably look at it and tell me better than i can but and I'm there's gonna... different blockchains too like okay. the solana network's super cheap on gas but the reason nobody's using it right now is all the money's on the ethereum network i mean when you got billions of dollars being moved over here and hundreds of thousands over there which network would you rather have your product on no no i get it you want it on the big one yeah. right? so i'm using this thing called coinbase right yes sir and so it was 700 and something worth of Ethereum now today at 625. It's yeah, kind of it's gone, gone down, down a little bit. Well, the market's very volatile, and that scares a lot of newcomers off right now is the volatility. It goes up, it comes down, it goes up, it comes down. And if you scroll out and look at like the last three months of, say, Ethereum, that's where I was making my money was buying it low, selling it when it go up, and it comes back down, buy more. Yeah, They call it buying the dip. Sure. And now I've been buying the dip for about three months. <laughs> you know. All right. So you're you're bullish that it's gonna come running oh, yes. back. Without a doubt in my mind. Okay. Cause you think it's the future. I do. 
All right. A hundred percent. Just the transparency alone. I mean, could you imagine how excited the American people would be to actually count the votes themselves? I don't know, man. I, 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 you, all right. So, I mean, just as a guy that's relatively tech, technology friendly and reasonably competent, I always feel like the digital space can be monkeyed around with badly. No, we can't. Well, Not I mean, on blockchain. This is bank. This is banking space. <laughs> so this check, is a different animal. Check this out. Every block. Can the CIA that, get in and break this shit? No. No, it's got to piss everybody off. And this is why. So in the blockchain, every time there's a block produced, it holds a hash from the the next block. And to actually hack in and change one of those blocks and the data in that block, you would have to change every single block prior to that. So right now, the biggest supercomputer in the United States to get into my MetaMask wallet would take about a year of nonstop grinding to get in there. For what? The one wallet I got's got like 80 bucks in it. I keep most of my assets pretty secure. So the, they, it, it's just not even feasible for them to hack into it. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions right now is everybody thinks it's unsafe. And truly, it's extremely safe. It's user error that's causing the problem right now. People go into fraudulent sites, connecting their wallet to fraudulent sites. And that's where people are losing fortunes. And then they turn around and go, oh, this system's flawed. Well, if you don't put gas in your car and it you break down on the side of the road is it's the car's fault yeah you know what i mean because banking that we're all used to has so many consumer protection laws yep because it's easy for people to screw up it is and and that's where we're right now and that's why we've been meeting with a lot of politicians here in the state of arizona because wendy rogers just put forth that bill where she wants to see bitcoin as legal tender now i don't think that'll happen right away i mean due to just the federal laws on on you know, states creating their own currencies and stuff, it's not going to happen, but it's a step in the right direction. And the biggest thing is bringing that wall of fear down and showing people that, hey, it's not unsafe. It's not, you're not going to get robbed just by being in the space. Now, granted, human error is the problem. And that's where we've tried to explain to a lot of the politicians is we need a little bit of, of government control here. We do. We need a little bit of regulation to keep those things from happening. But the scary part for people coming from the DeFi and crypto space is they're afraid of the government overreach. And yeah, and, I would uh, I would resist any government a- action at all because whatever <laughs> they're going to do is going to screw it up. You know, it it's kind of scary right now. It really is because we don't want it overregulated because then that will ruin the utility behind it. But at the same time, there has to be some regulation. Whatever they there do is going to whatever be. they do is going to ruin it. I mean, you know, it's just a bunch of old ding dongs and they're just going to fuck it up. It's kind of scary really because honestly, they know nothing about they're it. They're going to be writing a law and there's going to be 18-year-olds telling them what the words mean. I hope not. I mean, th- that's it'll <laughs> be a bunch, they call me. It'll be a bunch of kids from uh, you know George Washington University who are in public policy and uh, the School of Government in Columbia, and they're all going to be helping all these oldsters who really want to go to cocktail parties and shake hands. Yeah, right, a lot. right. Fundraisers. Yeah. So I so I I'm I'm I use this Coinbase. Are you familiar with it? Yes, I've used Coinbase. Okay. And it's really weird. Like the whole thing was frustrating to me because I have a Coinbase and a Coinbase wallet. Okay. And I don't know what the difference is between the two. Well, the wallet is where you store your cryptocurrency. Coinbase is the actual exchange. Now, granted, you can keep your money on the exchange, but the wallet gives you a little bit more security. On on that note. So, like, my money is sitting, I have some money just sitting in in the, that's in Coinbase. Yes. 
and I can move that over to the wallet? Yes. The thing I don't like about Coinbase, and I mean, I, I use it. That's okay. how I get my money into the space. But that's a centralized system. So that means there's one guy at the top of that company that if he said tomorrow you're done, he shut it down, you can't take your money out. And that is not being in cryptocurrency. A lot of people think just because they have Ethereum in their Coinbase, they're in crypto. You're not. You are only a ledger, a name on a ledger on that site. When you move it off of Coinbase into a de decentralized platform like MetaMask, that's when you're truly in coin, into crypto. And then they're going to rape me. you're in control of it. No, they're not when you're sending it to yourself. It's about... Like I said, you could probably move a thousand bucks for like six dollars right now. Okay. To MetaMask, MetaMask is decentralized. Consensus, a company, Consensus owns it, but it's decentralized. Saying that, say Consensus goes under tomorrow, my MetaMask still exists on the blockchain, and I don't lose nothing. If Coinbase shuts down tomorrow, your money's gone. Right. Even my Coinbase wallet. Yeah, everything. If they decided, if the government shut them down tomorrow and pulled the plug, you would lose everything. Okay. So I should send this over to some decentralized you should, you wallet. Should, what you should have is you should set up a MetaMask and you should get yourself a NanoX ledger. Oh my God. Which I'm is writing a second this down. layer I need of to set protection. up a, Did you say a MetaMask? MetaMask wallet. MetaMask wallet. Guys, you guys listen to this out there in La La Land. A MetaMask wallet set up. Yep. Okay. And order yourself a NanoX ledger. And that's only, only get it from their official website. Do not order it off of Amazon. Don't order it off of some fringe site. Always get it directly from their site. Is that a digital thing? Yes. It's, a, it's like a little flash drive that provides an extra layer of security for your accounts. And they send that to me? Yes. They'll mail you a ledger. Oh. And then when you set these up too, you'll get what's called a seed phrase. It's a 12-word phrase. It's got 12 words in it. And that's basically the code for your wallet. And it hits well. It's what keeps people from stealing your money. Yeah. And when you do a ledger, that adds another twenty-four word seed phrase layer of protection. So it keeps keeps you safe. If you have a ledger, nobody's going to break in and steal your stuff. So uh, I I I uh, go download the MetaMask app. Yeah. I'm sure they have yep. one. Yep. And then I go in there and I search around for setting up a wallet. Wait, no. As soon as you download it, it will automatically set you. You will start the process of setting up your wallet. And the most important step of that process is your seed phrase. If you lose your seed phrase, you lose access to the your account. And that's the thing about decentralized finance right now is you are your bank. So there's no 1-800 number. There's no call for help. You are in charge of your own finances. So if you mess up and lose that seed phrase or make a mistake, it's on you. And that's kind of what scares most people. Yeah. But once, like for me, being in it for three years, once you get established and actually start doing it and realize the power that that gives you by being the bank yourself and being able to utilize on that. I mean, think of all the money banks make off of you as soon as you put your thousand bucks in the bank. Yeah. They don't leave it in a drawer for you. You know, they go out, they invest it, they use your money to make them more money. So why not do that yourself with your money? In DeFi, I can go out right now and stake my Ethereum and earn 6% interest annually without doing anything special just locking it up and i mean there's not a 401k or a roth ira yeah, out there that'll do that it's for crazy you. so you put your money in a bank right now and i have a few dollars in the bank and they give you nothing for it nothing and then they leverage it 10 to 1 with yes. the fed and they're out making money with yeah it. making a ton of money off of your hard work and your money and it just sits there and does bupkis yeah does nothing 0.01 percent interest on a regular savings account are you kidding me right. my 12 year old's got about 800 bucks locked up in a DeFi platform right now earning eight percent interest at 12 years old. 
So you lock your when when they tie up the money, you basically it's it's like getting a um, I don't know six month treasury bill or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and you can lock up. There's I mean there's so many out there. There's variables where you can pull it out any day you want, but you're only earning like one or two percent. Then there's platforms where you can lock up and get twelve percent interest. You know, but you got to lock it up for twenty four months. You know, so that there is literally almost endless endless choices you can make. And where do you find all those? Where do you find all those choices? You got to do the deep dive. Right now, there is no site that just says, "Oh, hey, come here and do this." You know what I mean? Yeah. And then one of the platforms I use a lot. A lot of people don't like it because it's a the foreign answer company. is come to my seminar. It's how I teach people to do this. There you go. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what's funny actually is I'm not speaking, so I didn't want these seminars to be about us or our group. Yeah. I actually wanted these to be a neutral platform where everybody in the entire Web3 space could shine. What's Web3? So Web3 is basically the newest version of the internet. You know, Web1 was static websites, just, you know, mo mostly consumer produced. Web2 was when you got into social media and, and people created content, right? The UGC stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now Web3 is utilizing blockchain technology and the decentralized side of it. Because right now, big tech controls almost all our information, yeah. everything, right? With Web3 and blockchain, we can actually decentralize that and put it where everybody's in control of their own information this rather is... than Facebook, like you said, Meta. So... And I hate the fact that they took that friggin' name because even you're sitting here saying, I don't like saying Metaverse because they took that. Yeah. They hijack that like it's asinine to think that that they were even allowed to do it he's because a scumbag he is he's and a the metaverse is a good thing and now they've put a bad image on it by jacking he's a, he's that a name stealing scumbag he yeah. stole that website initially he's yeah. a scumbag <laughs> and fucking fuck him <laughs> so uh all right <laughs> my my head is swimming talking are you melting about... <laughs> no no i'm pretty good um you know i was thinking about this transition, because I have been on s the internet since its beginning. Yeah. And I've watched it do this second generation of social media kind of oligarch run cowboy country. Yep. And I've watched the collusion between them and the government. And I, I just, the thing that I see for the future is us owning all of our own social yes. information. And then interacting with other people's social information. And I don't know what the vehicle for that is quite yet. There's it, one coming. But it won't be, it, I know, and it won't be them. It'll no. be artificial intelligence who's connecting us to people and no one's in charge of it, maybe. And that is one thing with smart contracts. You create almost a trustless environment where you don't need a lawyer. You guys come up with your, you know, A, B, and C. You lock it down. You launch the smart contract, and nobody can alter it, change it. Like, I work with a company called Starwire right now that's using smart contracts to help pay movie stars and, and musicians and stuff. Because, say, Disney sells the rights to the movie you're in. Now you don't get royalties because a different company owns it. Where with blockchain technology and smart contracts, you can actually write it in. So no matter what, no matter who owns that movie or whatever happens in the future, those people involved from the production all the way up to the movie producers and actors still get their royalties that were agreed upon in the beginning. You know, little things like that are are revolutionizing the way people are getting paid. Another one is, is think about and, and all the money. And they're getting paid in cryptocurrency. 
Well, you can actually have it set up to where you're even getting paid. Well, it is technically cryptocurrency, but you can get what's called like USDC, which is you kind of US dollar equivalent, you know, or this company is based out of Canada. So this is stealing banking. Yes. We're stealing banking. Yeah, we're taking it back. We're taking it back from the yeah. Rothschild. And, and we're going to take it back from Facebook, too. Check this out. How much does Facebook make off of people clicking likes and stuff because they're advertising? Now, what if you were on a blockchain like Opus where you get rewarded for that activity instead of the corporation? What if you were actually making money off your posts, off of your, your podcasts, just by being on that blockchain rather than Facebook and then making billions of dollars a year off of your activity? Yeah. I mean, we're giving the power back to the people by it's, getting it's, involved in this. You know, I, I guess I'm. it's interesting seeing this because basically these companies, they make, provide, and do nothing nothing and then we generate all of the interest and the action yeah all the marketing so we're the cattle yeah and uh and we're being led to the slaughter yeah yeah <laughs> and they could shut you down like i you know like i hate paypal paypal's done it paypal you know they shut off our payment they they, they we've been using them for years no problems and then all of a sudden they seized fifty thousand dollars in my bank account I, See, and that's the good thing about a MetaMask and being on the blockchain is nobody can take it from you. There's a guy right now locked up in France that they've been trying for four years to take $30 million from him, and he refuses to do it. You mean he's and, locked up in jail? Yeah, and he refuses. He's like, I don't give a shit. You're going to leave me locked up anyway. I ain't giving you the money. And then and they can't hack his wallet. They can't do nothing to him. He, they can sit there and see how much is in it, and they can look at it and want it, but without his, his seed phrase... They can't get it, and he can sit back and laugh at them the whole time. He's like, it... <laughs> right? You get the power back, and that's the nice thing. Like you said, we're like cattle, right? Well, the gate just got opened, and blockchain technology is that gate, and it's open. You know, it's one of the things that I like about cash. You know, the the government can't swoop in on me, but you know, you know, you lose money holding it. Yep. Um, it's risky, especially the U.S. dollar at this point, right? It's risky holding it, yeah, because it's easy for it to disappear. Yeah, uh, but when I see what they're digitally doing with the dollar through the traditional banking system, the banking system's colluding with the government. You know, when I saw this proposal with the Build Back Stupider thing that uh, dipshit Biden was proposing, where any deposit over six hundred dollars, they yep. they want a transparent in your bank account. Yeah, I was like, man, this is the beginning of the end of the dollar because if you make it so people don't trust the dollar, it's over. Yeah. And that's another scary thing right there. Right now, Russia is one of the largest holders of Bitcoin on the planet. They're pushing forward rules and regulations over there right now to start using it. They see it as a way to subvert the U.S. dollar. They really do. And if we don't get on board soon, we're going to get left behind. China's already got their own cryptocurrency. You know, they're using and it. They out, and they've outlawed Bitcoin and other stuff, right? You know what's funny is they say that. But they can't Oh, they can't. But the, the, the funny thing about that is, is they play the market. They know if they create FUD, the price will drop and they can buy more. They say they're outlawing it, but if you look at sales on the blockchain, they're buying it faster than anybody. They just create the FUD so they can buy it at a lower price. It's like going out and somebody bad-mouthing the business next to them so that they can buy that business they're, they're cheaper. They're just doing what the wall street does with kramer on all TV. the time all the time and that's all they're doing is getting themselves in a position of power and they know that we're lagging behind the what do you US think's gonna, you think's gonna happen with bitcoin you know i i like to compare bitcoin to like gold 
Bitcoin's kind of your gold standard. It's a, it's a store of value where Ethereum's your oil. You have to have it, like we we're saying, for gas fees, everything else. It's what keeps the system running. But Ethereum's not going to be the only option out there. Like there's other really good blockchains coming out and you're going to have options. You're not going to have to say you don't like Ethereum. Say you don't like Vitalik. You want to, you want a different option. There's other options coming up. There's other networks out there right now. And there's some that haven't dropped yet that are amazing that I can't wait for. What, what makes them amazing? Tell me. Well, like I was saying earlier, uh, talk about getting the power back for the people, right? Where you could be rewarded for your activity rather than Facebook and then being rewarded. The Opus network that's coming out, the Opus blockchain, they are literally in a position where they're going to reward people for being active on the network rather than the network being rewarded for their activity. So they're giving that power back to the people, the, the, the financial benefits back to the people. So instead, Facebook, they make billions of dollars off of ads. So if Opus is running ads and you're active on their chain, you're going to make that money. Obviously, they have to take a chunk to keep the Opus chain running, but they're down to just give it right back to the people. Like in, in the, their form is OS. It's a coin. It's a cryptocurrency. And on their network, every transaction costs one OS. It takes you half a second on your phone to earn one OS. So it'll eliminate gas fees. It'll absolutely eliminate gas fees, which is huge because then mm -hmm. that makes it much more viable for every, from the common man that's making minimum wage. Well, so that you can up. use it for normal stuff because yeah. the gas fees kind of make it like, right hey, now you got it your hand it. in my pocket. Yep, yeah, right now yeah. it kills it. Yeah. It really does. So and really, especially when it's running high. And like, I think it's a long hold right now. I think everything oh, yes. in it's a long hold. I, if you're right now is what we like to call an accumulation phase. It'd be like going back to the beginning of the internet. You got Google, AOL, and Netscape. You're not going to care that AOL and Netscape went away because you got Google stock, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing right now in cryptocurrency. Not all of them are going to make it. Not all these projects are going to make it, especially in the NFT space. There's so many, just like you said, random JPEG projects that have no utility behind them. They're not going to make it. The ones like the Bored Apes that are doing amazing is because of the community the people and that's where the power lies in blockchain technology is in the people in the actual people's hands because without them you have nothing and we overlook that nowadays in america like you said with facebook and all this other stuff it's all about the guy at the top not the guys on the bottom and with blockchain technology everybody's just as important as the next guy oh man the governments are not going to like this some this don't basically some don't bird. but some do some see it as it was as we got to make the change and we don't want to come in third behind china and russia you know uh china and russia are evil they actually are they're yeah. bad and uh and, and you know what we are too because we're so dishonest yep um and and there's so much you know i think our intentions are good but the people in charge are just dishonest yeah so i think we are no better than china or russia i think we're awful we just don't commit the same sort of organized chaos that they're comfortable doing. Right. But we commit war and we commit all kinds yeah, of chaos. All kinds of atrocities. So I'm, I'm just scratching my... You know, if you step back from your flag-wrapped bubble that I'm usually in, um, you, know, I'm, you know, I love the country and I don't love China and I don't love Russia. And I'm sure there are places that you go are amazing in both of those, in both of those uh, countries. But I just... I feel like the more I know about what my government's up to, the more dumb and evil they are. I actually feel like the Chinese government and the Russian government are pretty smart, and our government's stupid. <laughs> and I think they're evil, and we're stupid. We're stupid and well-intentioned, and they're smart and evil. Yeah. 
That's a good comparison. And that's where the transparency of all this can help so much. I mean, to, to actually be able to see what our government's doing on a daily basis and not be able to lie to us is huge. I mean, to have that information at hand all the time as American people, yeah. how valuable is that to us? Let me ask you something. Let's say I go kidnap somebody today. Okay. And uh, I told their dad to give me a million dollars in Bitcoin. Okay. Can I get caught? Oh, yeah. 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 The second you go to pull it out of cryptocurrency into fiat, into dollars, they're going to hammer you. You are not. So the Keystone, the Keystone pipeline, when it got hacked and they wanted $8 million, right? In Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Those guys got caught. They moved it, moved it, moved it, thought they could bounce it around 300 places and disappear. But they got tracked down to their front doors. The second they tried to pay a bill, the second they tried to make actual hard currency out of it, they got caught. So it's only anonymous when it's in the ether. Any coin. I mean, wallets technically are anonymous, but I have to send you that $8 million, right? Yeah. So I know what address it's going to. And then the second it gets moved from that wallet, you can track that transaction indefinitely. And then the second they try to actually pull it out or pay a bill for this house or pay this car payment or anything, go to the grocery store, buy a beer. You're going to know you're going to catch them because they have to move it from the crypto into fiat. And even even after we say we do go fully tokenized, like I firmly believe we're going to do, they will still know where that came from because that transaction is still going to happen with your debit card and give them an address where you're at. So do you think uh, the that when we make this transition to some digital currency, you know, and the credit card is kind of a we know how to do this because of the credit money's been moving around digitally for a long time oh yeah it all started with a diners clubs card yeah so do you think there will be in it, it we will spend money as an nft it will be an nft no it'll probably be a token like bitcoin ethereum or so, there's one right now out there called m2 cash that i think would be a great one for people to pick up and is that and is, is that uh is that trait is that traceable also oh yeah every bit of it every bit of it i can send you something right now and that'll give me your wallet address because I've sent it to you. So it's part of the transaction. From here on out, from this day forward, I'll be able to tell you what you do with your wallet. Oh, so you can look at my wallet and see how Oh much yeah, no problem. If you sent me one penny of ETH right now, I could follow you forever. Huh. Forever. That's awful. No, it's not. It really it is not, It means everyone though. can look in your bank account. They can. That's awful. No, it's not. <laughs> it's no good, man. No, well, it is good. No, if you're... If you're uh, you don't want people being able to look in your wallet. That's private. It is private, but at the same time, it keeps you honest. Oh, man. Right? Like I said earlier, it's a double-edged sword. I just would hate, you know, when you stack up some money, you, you, you kind of want to lay low because people don't like you for it. And that's a reality. It is. And uh, the fact But that's because throughout history, the wrong people have had the money. I guess so. What if um what if I have a wallet and the only person who ever does transactions to that wallet is me because I have a few different wallets. Then it's safe. That means you but you can't look through my wallet to the next place that I do business I to. I can see you? where you're sending stuff out of that initial wallet, but, but I can't tell you who owns that wallet you're sending it to. Okay. Could but can you look into that? Because I have a wallet like that. Can you took can you look into that? Uh, let's call it a Safe deposit box wallet. Mm -hmm. It's a wallet that you can't I call do. mine my Fort Knox wallet. Okay, that I never do any transactions yep. out of. Don't connect and it then, to any websites. Right. Don't and hook it so to nothing. When people send me uh, either coin or NFT stuff, I 
put it in there, and the only one who ever goes into that is me. Yep. Does that mean I'm the only one who can know what's going on in that wallet? Yep. Or, or can everybody else look through Well, my somebody wallet? could see the wallet, but they wouldn't necessarily know it's yours. And they, they can look in it. Oh, yeah. So I can look at any wallet on the blockchain. So if you saw me sending money to a place, you could look into that place. You just wouldn't know it was me. Exactly. It's still, well, I don't know, man. That's weird. <laughs> I don't like Kind of creepy, right? Yeah. It's like everybody gets to look through your underwear. You know, like right. I'm not embarrassed, but I don't want anybody looking at my dick all the time. Right. You know, come on. <laughs> hey, there's a few wallets out there I follow. Ellen Musk's, Vitalik's. There's people I, I, I oh, watch all Oh, my God, the so you follow the wallet. Yeah. Like, what's the wallet up what's to? What's he doing? What's he buying? What's he selling? How Where's you, it going? How do you know Elon Musk's wallet? Because he's made the mistake of purchasing NFTs out on the market, and you can find that NFT that he purchased. It's got and, a unique ID number and, and to then, it. And, and, then you guys all, the and then you guys all rumor each other in your forum, oh, and yeah. everybody knows. Oh, my and God. I, I, got, I got friends that are developers that are way more skilled at this than I am. Yeah. I'm good at conveying what it is. You know what I mean? I'm good with people. How, I, how much does he have in his wallet? Is it crazy oh man well it depends like he he likes to be tricky like we're talking about sending it to other wallets but yeah there's you know he's got a lot there's 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 hundreds of millions in there that's hysterical right uh and uh wasn't he letting people like buy teslas with with, with, bitcoin, with bitcoin yeah <laughs> yeah and then he got backlash so this this drives me nuts too is so the mining process for bitcoin is is very energy consuming like so the carbon footprint for mining bitcoin is insane it's it's insane i don't even know what mining bitcoin is okay. i don't know what the fuck so what it is is about. they run an algorithm basically and and it 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 gets more and more difficult the further on they go and there's a finite amount of bitcoin that's going to be able to be mined eventually it's it's going to be done and they'll be done with it but that algorithm it's so difficult to produce or to process that algorithm that you literally have warehouse hangers full of video cards for like computers graphics card high-end graphics card and they run that algorithm non-stop producing bitcoin and every time that algorithm what do you ends, mean producing you get... it so x amount of bitcoin was put out and to actually claim it they have to per man i don't want to butcher this this is a good question for my developer, but okay. basically it's like a giant math problem. And as soon as they complete that math problem, they get a chunk of Bitcoin. But that math problem is so insanely difficult that it takes the computer forever to process it. Back when I first actually discovered Bitcoin was late 2014 and my roommate was mining like 15 a day from a regular desktop computer. Did he hold them? <laughs> oh, no. He sold them at like 300 bucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, well, funny enough, I love this story because he told me I was making 100 grand a year back then working on commercial fishing boats out in the middle of the Pacific. And he told me, Josh, go buy $1,000 of Bitcoin. Bitcoin was 11 cents. I laughed at him. I told him, I'm not buying your fucking video game money, dude. Go away. Like, I laughed in his face. Then in 2018, when it almost hit 20 grand a coin, I was like, Boy, Holy I'm fucking shit. stupid. I could have been a hundred millionaire right now. I could have two hundred million dollars right now and not even bat an eye. So I got serious about it. I started educating myself, started studying it, and I spent a few years studying it. And then a few three years ago, I took the dive, took a few hundred bucks, and because it's same same as you, I was skeptical, man. Like I didn't like the transparency. I didn't like the the gas fees back then were even worse than they are now. It just didn't seem feasible to me. But then I started flipping coins. I started making money. I started making more money. 
Then I really started to study it, get to talk to developers, getting to talk. One of the favorite guys I've spoke to, his name's Josh Rosenthal, and he likes to compare NFTs to back when the first WordPress was made because the first things ever produced off those WordPress for the mass population. Are you talking about printing presses? Yeah. Yeah, printing presses, okay. The, the very first ones ever done were memes. They were literally memes. If you look back in history of the Renaissance, they were giving out memes. They were cool pictures with a couple words on them. Yeah. And that's how they disseminated information. Right. And because so, most people didn't read them. So no, they didn't. Right. They didn't. And so they needed an image. And NFTs are kind of like that bridge into cryptocurrency and into blockchain technology. It's creating a talking point for people. And like I said, I'm not a biggest fan of the JPEG projects. I'm not. But the utility behind it and the education that 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 image is providing at this point is priceless. It's getting the attention and getting the conversation started that build all the innovation going on in the space right now. So uh, we made a knife and the knife... It sold for like $100,000, okay? We put it up for sale during one of our shows. And um, it's, I don't know, I'm not supposed to reveal anything about who bought it and where it's been, that kind of stuff. These guys like being private when they spend this kind of money. Right. But now one of our friends has it, friend of the shop. Nice. And he's getting ready. He had like a clear Lucite safe made for it. And he's taking it to this big uh, to-do out in, in uh, Miami. And it's just a bunch of uber, uber uh, well-heeled folks that, I don't know, I don't even know what they do out there. Anyway, there are a bunch of techie crypto guys who are part of this circle. Oh, yeah, Miami's very, very big into crypto right now. So he, he's minting a some digital version of the knife and they're both for sale at the same price oh nice like and he'll get it there's the one knife i think it's 150,000 now in the lucite safe it's a really unique piece it's a one of a kind we won't make it again and then he's doing an nft of it and it's the same price and i'm scratching my head going <laughs> Fucking people are out of their mind. <laughs> what? Well, so I just took the tour of your facility, right? Yeah. And they were telling me you're nine to twelve months out, right? Yeah. So when you get that order, your your customer, they just get a paper, right? That in nine months you're gonna get your knives. <laughs> well, yeah. you could give them an NFT as a certificate of authenticity that displays the knife and everything else, and it creates that conversation point. They get their knife, and now they also still have that NFT. If they decided to sell that to a friend or give it to a friend, it's just more marketing for your project, right? It it, it creates a buzz around it. Just What's it cost to make an NFT? There's lots of ways of doing NFTs, and there's lots of different tokens. There's the ERC-20 uh, token, ERC-721, and they all have different functionalities and different costs into the production. So it, it's not as simple as it's just this much. It depends a lot on what's going into it and what it's gonna do so it's some are more expensive than others to create really yeah it, it, there's a huge sliding scale there hundred dollars five dollars thirty well, cents for me to make those ones i made out of my fishing pictures when i first started getting into this yeah it was about 25 bucks to make one okay but if you do batch ones like uh, erc 721s you can do ten thousand of them 
for maybe a few hundred bucks, but it depends. I mean, it depends on how much utility you got tied to it and how you're going to go about it, whether it's going to be tied to a smart contract and a mining process, or if you're just batch creating them and selling them right off your site. Which what if, what if somebody goes to my site and they click on all these options and the knife configures and when they buy it behind the scenes, an NFT is generated yep. of the combo that they're buying. Yep. And that, and then an NFT emails to them. Well, it would it would get deposited in their MetaMask. So, so what oh, they would do is when they go to your site to purchase it, they would connect their wallet, they would do their purchasing, and at this point you could take crypto because their wallet's connected to your site. So if you decided to just completely bypass the U.S. dollar, you could. They could connect their wallet to their site. They could purchase your knife with Ethereum, Bitcoin, whatever cryptocurrency you wanted to go with, a Medford Knives coin. You know, I mean, you really could. They purchase that knife, you turn around, and at the same time, the second that, that interaction with the, co the smart contract's done, they get that NFT automatically minted and deposited into their wallet. And now they have their certificate of authenticity. And not only that, you can track that consumer. So say they've bought hundreds of knives from you, you could actually do a rewards program like, hey, everybody that's ever bought 100 knives, we're going to airdrop you a, an NFT and you can redeem this special pocket knife, you know, this, this little folder that's a commemorative, hey, thanks for your 100th purchase from our company. And you can mm. track all that information on the blockchain flawlessly and easy. Crazy. Crazy man, my head's swimming. <laughs> you know, uh, it's interesting. It'd be interesting to sit for a couple hours and just talk about ways to integrate it into a traditional type manufacturing environment. Like, oh, like for where sure. is it usable and how would you do it? I met a guy here last night at a party we threw here in town who owns a landscaping company is trying to use NFTs for like a membership. You know, you purchase the NFT, it buys you into his company, his, his business mows your lawn. You know what I mean? And so... There's lots of ways people are trying to integrate this into to real world use, like you were saying with a plumber earlier. I mean, they could do almost the same thing, you know? And the way DAOs are being built, you know what a DAO is? No. It's a decentralized autonomous organization. And right now I'm a part of a DAO called Social Bees University. And that's actually where I got most of my education from. And it is a group of about 300 people that literally run the whole group. Like we vote on things, we, everybody's got a say. And it's a, like a little digital hippie commune. I wouldn't go hippie, but yeah, kind of. It, it, it's similar, <laughs> okay, but okay. it's where everybody has a voice. All right. You know, everybody can participate and make decisions for the community, the group. And sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, when you get too many cooks in the kitchen, it can cause problems. Yeah. But like Miami's trying to think of how they could turn their city into a DAO where the actual city population can help make decisions for the city. And I'm not talking like every decision but where they could actually have a say in what happens in that city where how how city funds are spent interesting you know what spooks me about it is all is direct democracies die and very and they die quickly and in flames and it it sounds a lot like a pure direct democracy in some ways in some ways it is yeah which we've seen in 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 rome and greece just doesn't go well no, because the hordes show up and take your stuff from you. Well, the people with hand out. Yeah, interesting. Well, um, so where is this? Uh, where where are you having this seminar? The the events happening out at Bell Bank Park, 
right now, actually. It's going on while we speak. Oh, it's going uh, yeah. on right now. Yeah, our first speakers are on the stage right now talking. Good Lord. And is that so is it outside? Yeah, it's inside their Field House C facility on Miller Light Way. And, Where uh, the hell is that? I'm a native. On every, I don't, you're, you're you've like, never been out to Bell Bank Park? No, i never even heard of it. Oh, it's a brand new... Where is it? It's in Mesa. Yeah, okay. brand new facility in Mesa. $320 million facility. Oh, pretty cool. It's a major it's sports just, it's complex. Just, it's, oh, okay. All right. Yep. And uh, how, how, how full did you fill it up? I would have to be there to look, but we got about three, 400 people there attending today. That's pretty cool. Uh, when are you doing your next one at? Tomorrow. Or the next location. We've thrown around a lot of ideas. It's looking like maybe Austin, Texas is our next one. Okay. And was it pretty well received here? Yes, very well received. Arizona has been arms wide open for us. What's uh, the thing cost to go to your seminar? It's $200 for a two-day ticket to go attend the seminar and yeah. then uh, 1500 bucks for the VIP party at the end, which also gets you the full access throughout the whole event, all the after-hour parties, networking events, all that stuff. Huh. And you've got a bunch of people in who are kind of experts in the space. Oh, yes. Educating people up on Yes. It. People a lot more educated than myself even. And the next one is in Austin. Yes. So this is like a movement for you. Yeah. Well, we really want to see the tokenization, the, the, the whole adoption of Web3. Because for us personally, we love the transparency. Like, I want it. I really do. I don't care if somebody sees what's in my wallet. I don't. Like, that, that, that doesn't bother me. I mean, some people it does, some it don't. Me, it doesn't. Like, I'm down because I want to see what everybody else is doing. I'm tired of being kept in the dark. Oh, okay. All right. How how much am I allowed to ask you how much you've stacked up doing this? Enough so I don't have to work right now. <laughs> I mean, since you're so damn transparent, <laughs> I would never ask somebody. But since you're so pro transparent, no, here, ask. you know, honestly, in the last like six months, I've put away six figures just playing around. You know what I mean? And yeah. not even I don't get paid. And that's the funny thing too. Everything I've been doing, I don't get paid for it. I make my money flipping coin, investing. You know, a lot of yield farming and DeFi um but what's DeFi? you've said that a few so times. it's decentralized finance and that's that's metamask that's using exchanges like uniswap instead of going through like coinbase and gemini and those are centralized exchanges so that like i said earlier that means somebody's in control that can shut you down right now whereas with decentralized finance they can't they can't shut you down they can't close your metamask they can't tell you no and and that's what I like. I don't want to be told no. If I want to invest my money, I want to invest my money. I don't want you to tell me I can't. Josh, I got to tell you, I have very rarely in my adult life, I very rare. I, I mean, I talk to generals and politicians and just people who've done every. I could jump in with anybody and swim, and I feel like I'm just grasping at how to ask questions about this <laughs> shit. It's crazy. Well, that's why we're going to do this again. I think it's nuts. When are you going to be in Arizona again? You know, I'm thinking about coming down in July. Well, are you there? Yeah. You think July will be nice down here, do no, you? No, I think it'll be hotter. It's a hell, it's a hell of a hold up. <laughs> but You're... I got a reason to be here. So, so you know, uh, maybe uh, maybe I could be a little pet project for you. Let's do I, it. I talk to a shit ton of people. I'd like to... I'd like to do a couple of things with this stuff just to kind of figure out how it works around yeah. my brain around a little bit. Best way to learn it is do it. And maybe what I need. Uh, so what I'm going to do, you know, today in the next couple of days is I'm going to get a MetaMask account, wallet, whatever yeah, it is. MetaMask wallet. And then I'm going to try and figure out how to send my money from Coin Wallet and Coinbase to MetaMask over to MetaMask. Super simple. Okay. And because it's just going to give me a blockchain number, and I'm going to go send my money and click the yep. send wallet money address. Put the wallet address. It'll give you a wallet address. Yeah. Copy paste it into the send bar. Send it over. <laughs> okay. 
And uh, and then is there any way to when you're in, do, do these sites tell you what their gas is going to be? Oh yeah, when you go to make the transfer, it'll tell you instantly what you what it's going to cost you before you do it. Yep, Coinbase will give you a fee of like I think it's two percent, and then your gas fee sending it over depending on how much you're sending can range anywhere from a couple dollars up to a couple hundred. Okay, crazy. Yeah, I'm, I I have like twenty five hundred bucks floating around out yeah, there. Yeah, it'll cost I, you six eight bucks. Okay, all right. Um, and then it's crazy volatile right now. Oh yeah, it's always pretty crazy yeah. volatile. Yep. And I, right now we're—I don't know. You can't. I can't give financial advice, but I think we're going to see a turnaround in the market. Myself personally, yeah. I'm putting myself in a position for it. Yeah. Uh, and if people are standing out there listening, and I mean they will be on Wednesday, what do you do? You, do you do you have some that you kind of like that you see are kind of like emerging racehorses that you think are kind of fun you know honestly if you're going to get into this space everybody's got to have ethereum i mean it's just what makes everything work like i said that's why i like to compare it to oil you got to have it to make everything function so eth is a really good place to start your education other than that i have a few i mean i'm super bullish on uh m2 cash it's it's a very low market cap right now, and they have plans for it to be utilized around the world. And I believe in the project, so that's one I believe in. Obviously, what's not, its not little what's its little symbol? Uh, I'll show you. Actually, is it M two C? It's M two. It's oh. a blue and gold M or a blue and uh, green M two. M two cash dot com is the website. And then I can go into my. Um, MetaMask. I can't buy it from my MetaMask. No, but you uh, would I can connect get your my... MetaMask to like Uniswap or Balancer. You would connect to their site, and you'll be able to purchase it through there. Um, are you pretty comfortable hooking up your your uh? What, what were you calling it? Uh, what do you call the? What, what do you call the? When you. Oh yeah, okay. Oh god, you were calling it a not. No, what, what are you calling it when you convert it to cash? Uh, fiat, fiat, fiat currency. currency. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um. Oh my god, this stuff is so out in fucking digital land. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. So, so when when uh, if I buy, oh, all right. So I would get a Uniswap account, which is no. Like, you don't even. That's the best thing about decentralized finance. You don't need an account there. You literally just connect your MetaMask wallet, and you can do anything you want. Then you disconnect your wallet. Why do you disconnect it? Just to keep. For me personally, I like to not be connected to anything if I can help it. I connect. I do my task. I disconnect it. Does it's, it give you a little button there? Do you click it to yep, disconnect? Yep, in your wallet. And 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 then, oh, oh <laughs> I, I'm I'm I'm. I'm <laughs> It's crazy. Well, so, yeah, you're getting a crash course in education right now. now when you go crypto. to buy your cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. you, so you, you get your MetaMask account, you, you you link to Uniswap. Yep. And you don't do that through 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 your your account. You go to Uniswap, and yep. then it asks for the address. To well, your... it asks for you. So on Uniswap, there's a button up in the corner it says Connect Wallet. You click that, your wallet will pop up with an authentication. It'll say, are you sure you want to do this? Because it'll always ask you, are you sure? Do you want to? You read through it, make sure you're connecting to the right thing, click yes. It'll connect you to the site, and then that's where you have to use Ethereum. You would use ETH to switch out for whatever token you want on there. And that's where we're kind of in a bad spot right now, is the only way to really onboard your money is through Coinbase, Crypto.com, Gemini, 
these centralized exchanges. Because and they're connected to the real banks. Yes. Like I had to connect. You know, it had to talk yeah. to my bank account. Oh yeah, and they want your ID, your social security number. Oh they want yeah, all of that. Yeah, and and. Right now, I'm not the hugest fan of that. I mean, oh, me I, I, I don't want to be given all but, that to but them. But it's secure banking. I it mean, is. It, and and it's the only way to get onboarded right now. Right, because it's the only way to get money out into the yeah. space. And the banking system don't want you doing it right now. Right. Some banks, especially the major banks, Bank of America, U.S. Bank, companies like that, they make it very difficult. Yeah. Funny enough, the credit unions and the small local banks, I have found are by far easier to deal with. <laughs> Probably because they're easy to rob, too. <laughs> Well, one of the big things is is they see it as a chance to equalize it for them too. You know what I mean? If they if they adopt it now, early before the snag big banks, business. yeah, and it's good for them. They see the writing on the wall of what's coming, and they're like, "Why not jump on board?" It, it's just like when the internet launched, and my grandparents said, "I'll never put my credit card on there." And then ten years later, my grandma's ordering everything off Amazon. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and that's coming now. Right now, we're in that scary phase. You know, we're in that phase that it's terrifying to people because. How can it be safer? Or I don't want it. Like you said, I don't want everybody seeing what I got. It's scary. But when you really take the deep dive into what it is and the, the functionality and everything behind it, you start to realize that, wait a second, this could really change the way things are done all over the world, not just in our country, but everywhere. And, and it's kind of bringing everybody. To, it's funny because I've had debates with people. I'm, I'm conservative, you know. I, I've actually had in, insanely good conversations with people that are liberal. And there was no barriers there because we're both into crypto. Even though in real life, if we had met on the streets, we probably wouldn't get along. And so it's bringing down barriers between people and opening lines of communication that were never there before. Yeah, and because I'm starting if... to realize... We're actually not that much different. It's right. just somebody's created a huge divide between us. Yeah. I find that as well when I talk to people who I find they identify crazy liberal more than they are crazy liberal. Right. And so when you start to talk to me, I should go, you know, that's a you're actually kind of conservative. Right. You just like to let everybody know you're really liberal because that's the cool thing right now. Because right. when you start asking about marriage their own kid their daughter getting an abortion everybody starts to you start to find what the truth is when you make it personal you know what i mean um it's interesting and this thing is so fucking cowboy country oh man it, there's no identifying with it left or right nope like you know what i'm saying it's it, colorless it's yeah uh, it's politicalless it's, it's raceless, raceless it's classless oh yeah it, it is insane because most people are behind a profile picture right now one right. of those jpegs yeah so it's a crazy it's a goat or it's a pig or it's a monkey you don't know who's behind that picture so it gives you a chance to actually get to know that individual as a person before you find out who they are crazy. and it's amazing well this event we threw a party last night and about 250 people showed up out here and there were people I was meeting off off the internet that I had no idea. Like one of my buddies, Austin, I thought he was going to be like some six. He's got a huge presence online. Ended up being a little feller. And like it just didn't, you know what I mean? You meet these people in real life and you're like, wow, that well, is well, not what I expected. What's the movie that came out a couple of years ago uh, where they were, they wear the suit and they go into the, into the fake universe? Oh, Re uh, Ready Player One. Was yes. it? Yeah, yeah. Ready Player it One. It seems like it's like that. Man, who knows where it's going to go? I actually think virtual reality isn't going to be the big thing. I think augmented reality is going to be that huge. Is. So augmented reality is that what is you're, where you're seeing adds, it's transposed on top yeah, of what you're seeing? Yeah, so you see what you see here, but then you have 
uh, another layer over it. There's a show out there right now on Netflix called Altered Carbon. And in one of the first episodes, they have a scene where he's walking through downtown, this futuristic city, and it's run down. And it looks horrible. But then he puts on the glasses and the layer over the top, all of a sudden there's billboards popping up and, and dancers on the side of the road and all kinds of crazy stuff. And that's where I think we're going. I think we're going to have augmented reality is going to be the big thing, not virtual reality. Right. You know, I don't think that whole, the, yes. the real world's not going away. It's just going to no. get a new dressing. No, because funny enough, I've played with VR and, and, and you I'm know, not it, a huge fan. You know, what's cool about what you're advocating is you don't have to put up signs anywhere. No. Like if you think about the idea of a sign, it's retarded. <laughs> you spend all this money, electricity to make the refine the materials to make the thing to put it up so that people driving by who are supposed to be focused on driving look at it yep imagine if you could put up billboards and they showed up in relationship to the people of interest exactly and it creates an infinite style of marketing too because now you're not that one billboard ain't taking up that one spot right there could be 500 advertisements on that billboard that are tied to you so there's companies right now that are creating nfts that have that already built in so say you're walking through rome and there's a certain nft in your wallet all of a sudden you'll see something cool like what one company's doing it's almost like a pokemon style thing where you're walking down the street and that little critter will actually run out and you can see it with the augmented reality yeah, with thing. the augmented glasses oh man right it changes That's crazy things. it's gonna be crazy to see you know uh elon musk said something i love that guy i used to hate him and now i love the guy right. i um, go back and forth yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i it'll be interesting to see uh what creature pulls out when his skin finally ages and, it, and, it, and he claws right. his skin off he's gonna claw his skin off his head and there's gonna be some evil genius inside <laughs> but he was saying he says you know and he's really weird language the way he talks very all them techie guys are a little They're weird fucking weirdos <laughs> <laughs> the only thing zuckerberg i just want that guy you know i want him torched so uh he was sitting there talking about the weird paradigm that we're in we f for the first time in history well at this moment in history we have more information in real time yeah. about everything everything than at any time ever in human history yep and it doesn't go away. It's stored. Yep. First time ever also. Yep. You know, if you look, humans didn't change until the written word. And yep. when the written word popped up, we were on the moon pretty quickly. Very quickly. You know, in the course of existence. Yeah. If, and if that's it, why that Josh Rosenthal is one of, I mean, you should check him out. He is one of my favorites because he really does a good job of breaking down how the printing press and, and that dissemination yeah, of information, information changed the world. It totally and we're did. about to see the same thing happen again. There, there's a choke point right now, and they're trying to figure it out because we are interacting with the most informed. We have the most information at our thumb tips. Oh, yeah. And this is so this Supercomputers. is what's funny about Elon Musk said this really well. He goes, You have all of this information and all of these ideas, and the thing connecting them is two thumbs, mm -hmm. like an elephant typing yep. with the bottom of its feet. Yep. He goes, We have to connect that gap. Yeah. And that's the, one link. that's the one they're working on. Yeah. I don't know if you're ever going to plug a chip into my head. No, but I'll stick to my they're, thumbs. They're going to come up with another way. 
they probably will. It's gonna, and it could even fall into that augmented reality side of things. Yeah, it's headset. gonna be it's gonna be some hat or something you put on your testicles, and it reads what you think, and you can see your stuff. I nothing right. on them, bro. If I don't have to type with my thumbs, I would wear a I would wear no, a testicle no, basket. If, if yeah, I didn't man. have to type with my thumbs, and I could just look at my phone and think my, think what I wanted it to do, I would put a I would I would put them in a basket. And I'm pretty and I'm pretty private. You already know I'm pretty private. Yeah. No thanks. That's fucked up. You can use my phone for me. I'm so weird. <laughs> I'm so lazy. I'm like, typing two thumbs. Well, um, I'm fascinated by the whole thing, and I actually am way more intrigued about it after talking with you because I've been kind of like Boulder Dash, Boulder Dash <laughs> since since this thing. is kind of like Ishka Bibble. This is just a bunch of Boulder Dash from the kids. All yeah. those squeaky toys. You know what's funny though is is as funny as it is the the. 30 to 50 year old blue collared man is one of the, my biggest supporters. Well, they're probably the ones who are going to benefit. They are. They want to take control of their own finances. Right. You know, they really do. They have no problem doing the work. You know what I, I mean? mean? They what, just... if, what if I paid my employees in, in Ethereum? Well, if it went down tomorrow, they'd hate you. But if it skyrocketed tomorrow, they'd love you. Well, there's a lot of people taking their salaries in Bitcoin now. Well, and but... people that believe in the future of this. They see the writing on the wall, and they would love to get it that way. The question, though, is how do I get them the money? The point of having it is so you can have it and flip the bird to the man. Right. And, and then how do you pay your taxes? So taxes right now are one of the biggest struggles. I'm not going to lie to you because there are no defined regulations yet. So right now, literally the, the most basic way Which of looking like. at it. I'm a gangster. I oh, like yeah. that. So right now, though, is they charge you capital gains every time you withdraw to fiat. So if you decide I'm going to pull out 100K and they want to charge you 40% capital gains, you're taking it in the shorts. And until they define those laws better, it's it's a scary area to be in. I work with a tax lady who's really good, and, and we're educating each other in this process because there are no hard set guidelines. So Man. how I report it is anything I put in, I report. Anything I take out, I report. But the movement I do on the blockchain, whether it's you moving, that gone. it's it's not a part of the algorithm for and me. And then, so when you take your draw, do you just take it as income? Yes. Okay. Man. Bizarre. It so, is. So you could whoop up, let's say you ginned up $100 million in yes. the blockchain. And you were basically, you're like, look, I own my house. I only need like 85 grand to live. So I'm just going to draw my 85 grand. You'd pay tax on your 85 grand and your blockchain would be kind of like stocks. You don't, yeah. you don't pay on stocks while your money's invested. Exactly. Just when you draw. Exactly. And then, and, but they've got you as soon as you go to fiat. Yeah. Well, and there's no sneaking around with it. No. And it's easy to track. They could even take it further back and look at what I'm doing on, on the blockchain. Which that's actually kind of scary for me because yeah. I do a lot on the blockchain. Yeah. So if they go back and decide to retroactively tax me on every transaction I've ever made on the blockchain, that's really going to change my taxes. How do you, like you sit down on a computer and uh, I've given you my wallet address. You've yeah. sent me some money. So how do you go look at my wallet? Etherscan. You go to a website called Etherscan. Yep. You enter my and wallet, and you can look at it in real time. Everything I can tell you right now, what's and in I'm your writing wallet. it down because I'm yeah. And, and etherscan.io. 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 What the hell's IO stand for? I honestly couldn't tell you. 
Oh, it stands for I honestly couldn't tell you? No. <laughs> I-O, I Okay, so it's honestly starts with an H. They got I know. Dot .io, dot .coms, okay. dot .ones, and this dot... Is to, uh, to, to look at to look at wallets. Yes. It, well, it's to look at your your account, too. It's almost like your bank statement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I get Once it. Once you have a MetaMask, you can click in the corner of your MetaMask, the hamburger menu, and it'll say view on Etherscan, and it'll tell you every transaction you've ever made with that wallet. It's your bank statement, basically. Jesus Christ, this stuff is fucking out there. My head's <laughs> boiling over right now. Um, okay, well, listen, super fascinating having you in and talk about this. Um, you know, everybody's just talking about this stuff. It's in conversation yeah. at lunch. I mean, people are talking about it on the way to the bathroom, yeah. and I'm trying to wrap my brain around. They renamed know. Staples Center Crypto.com. Is that in L.A.? Staples yeah. Center in L.A.? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's crypto. Yeah, it's a crypto.com stadium now. What's who, who's crypto.com? Crypto.com is another exchange like Coinbase. Oh. And it's actually the one I use the most. They must be making some damn money. Oh yeah. On yeah, the gas fees. Uh, well, no, so the centralized exchanges like Coinbase and crypto.com, they actually charge you a processing fee, like 2%. They're like a credit card. Company. Exactly. Like a bank. They're oh. centralized. And that's why as soon as I buy it there, I get it off of there. I put it into my control. Over on your meta mask. Yep. yep. Well, crypto.com, funny enough, is the first place I ever staked money. I took Ethereum. I locked it up for six months at a 6% interest rate. That was one of the very first times I did it myself. Oh, so you're, it's kind of like crowdfunding. Yeah, you're in going in and you kind of float them some, lock up some money, and you say, well, I'm going to leave my money with you for yep. six months. And they say, we'll give you 6%. Yep. And you're just betting on their longevity. Exactly. And some companies, you lock it up into a liquidity holding, and they, they yield you out their token while your money's locked up. So you're earning twice the value of your assets going up locked in that liquidity pool because you're locking up Ethereum. So if the Ethereum market goes up, the value of your holdings are going up. And at the same time, they're yielding you out a token from their company. So you're, you're earning money on in multiple different ways. Crazy. Yeah. It ends up working out really well in the end. Crazy. Um, do you think they're going to come in and regulate all this away or do you think everyone's going to be doing it and it's not special anymore? No, it's always going to be special. Is it always going to be as profitable as it is now? Maybe not. It, it really boils down to the, the amount of regulation we do get how and much, how that regulation goes. How much time do you spend a day on the computer oh, horsing around with this? 20 hours. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I, I can't even lie. Right now, the innovation's happening so fast. I'll skip nights sometimes and not even sleep. Like, it sounds crazy, but things are happening so fast that if you sleep, you're going to miss it. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but it's it's the truth. I mean, just in the last six weeks for myself, I just finished my last crab season. Like, I, I was literally seven weeks ago, I was in the middle of the ocean running crab gear. And then now I'm meeting in Phoenix with politicians and hosting an event with 400 people on blockchain technology. And... It it happens so fast, like fast. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, but I mean, I put this together in six weeks. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Well, uh, Josh, you're an interesting cat, man. I, I the, the jump into this, it's like jumping off a boat into the ocean. There's a lot going on. It is. I tell people all the time, it's like learning a new language. Yeah. Because it really is. You got to get FOMO and FUD and all these words that people are like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. You know? And so you're learning a new language. But if you do learn that language, you're going to be very happy you did. Huh. Interesting. It could end up being the 
well, it's interesting. It'll be, it'll be curious to see what happens because I feel like somebody is breaking, you know, I feel like our government's breaking our dollar right now. They are. And I have people say to me all the time, you know, that bubble is going to burst. Why would you get this stuff? It's not securitized or backed by anything. And I always say, but see, that's not entirely true either. So right now, like M2 Cash that we were talking about earlier, it has over $50 million of locked liquidity. So that means that at any point in time, if you sell that token, there's money in there to buy it. They locked up $50 million into that platform. And right now with the market cap where it's sitting, you could actually, the, the liquidity holding could buy back every single coin seven times over. It is backed by real money. So there are projects, Shiba, you mentioned Shiba earlier. There's almost no liquidity behind it. If, if a, a thousand people sold all their coins, there'd be no money left. And on top of that, there's, a, there's no finite amount of Shiba. You could literally tomorrow, they can make 10 billion more coins and wreck the whole market, but they're going to make money because they just sold them at whatever it's at, 0 0.005 cents, whatever the hell it's at right now. But that's why I don't like those meme coins. I want a coin with substance, a coin that has actual volume behind it. How do you shop for them? Well, CoinGecko. Uh, coinmarketcap.com. You can go on there and look at all the statistics behind them, how much liquidity they have, how many tokens are available, whether they've all been minted or not. Like the, you can get all those stats off those sites. It's kind of um, it's the land grab. There's a land grab there going is. on right now. There is. Yeah. And now's your chance to accumulate. Interesting. Well, it's fascinating stuff. Um, I know you've probably got things to do, and I really appreciate you coming in, and my, my cup runneth over. Right. <laughs> uh, very cool chatting with you, and thanks for coming in. We appreciate having you on the show. And, I appreciate you, uh, man. I hope you, next time you're in town, maybe we have you back on and chat a little bit about how love things to. have changed. Yes, sir. Because uh, seeing the change is fascinating. I love seeing how the windsock turns, you know? Oh, man, and right now that thing's just flapping. Crazy. Uh, it's nuts right now, and it's uh, happening fast. And, the you know, the more volatile... The, and and the less purchasing power the dollar has, the, the more people are going to be hedging their bets on what's next, you know? Yeah, there's whole countries hedging their bets on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whole countries. They're yeah. adopting it around the world right now. Yeah. And we need to get our head out of the sand and start getting on board. Yeah, you know, the dollar has been about power and control. Yep. And, and if we lose that control, what's it going to do to our country? Well, when we go to this technology, no one has the control. No. The people... Yeah, that sounds like the mob. There's a big uh, sociopolitical philosophical implication to all of this. Yes, I, there is. I don't have my brain wrapped around it yet, but the mob has got a history of stringing up people and burning them. Yep. And they're not really good at finding the truth. We are, as a people, we're and, not really good at it. But that truth's a lot easier to find when everything's transparent. I don't doubt that, although I'd be cool with us all being discreet and being transparent with our ruling class It'd be nice to see them right i'd like to see where they're making their money because they're de they're inside trading i want to see where they're spending it too yeah because that'll tell you a lot you know you know they're all worried about global warming when they're buying houses on the beach right Which, i've done that i've built houses for people in in greenpeace and i've built them a redwood deck <laughs> but they'll be the first one to stand in front of the tree and tell you not to fall it. Yeah, yeah. But they want it for their deck because yeah. it's the best. Yeah, because it's nice. Yeah, there's some sort of mass hysteria, hypocrisy going on with all of this. You know, I watched a I, I watched a video last night about the guy was comparing a 12 cylinder uh, Ferrari, some weird Ferrari coupe that I wasn't familiar with. He was comparing that to uh, an EV and how many miles you have to drive the EV until it pays for 
itself in, until it's even with the carbon footprint. Right. And because initially it's way upside down, it's way worse carbon oh, yeah. footprint on the planet because of know, the batteries. Because of the batteries. Yes, sir. It, plus, you still have to make a car. Right. I mean, it's still a car with glass and doors and windows and metal and all this stuff and wheels and rubber and tire. Yeah. And, and, and then it uses all this energy to refine it. And then they just determine the percentage of how much of it's renewable, mm -hmm. right? And and it says, okay, so your Ferrari, he's, you know, he's, and he makes the argument. He says, your Ferrari is the greenest car you'll ever buy. There is no greener car. There will never be a greener car. He says, how, he says, I, I've never seen a Ferrari with 100,000 miles. He goes, you don't even see Ferraris with 30,000 miles. Two, three, five, seven. It, 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 these electric vehicles, they don't have a life past about 120,000 miles. They need the batteries all redone and it starts yep. over again. And he said, there's only a very narrow window and it's somewhere around 80,000 miles where he was comparing where the electric vehicle matches the, you know, neutralizes its footprint on parity with the with the Ferrari with the gas guzzling car. Yeah. Cuz you look at the total picture, yep. not just the what do I feel good today putting it in my gas tank. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you look at the big picture, everything's a big fat lie. Oh man. It is. It really is. Those those electric vehicles, you look at them lithium mines and they're uh they're no better than the they're big ecological oil disasters. Oh man, horrible. They're, they're worse than an oil spill. Yep. Um it's crazy. And, you know, we see this going on in the world. And, and, and so because of the dumb politics, because of the lies and misinformation, people think that an EV car is better. And so we force the government to put these cafe standards on the manufacturing companies. Yep. They stop investing money in making more and more efficient gas machines. And they make these electric machines that aren't better for the environment. Nope. Not in the long run. No, and it's fascinating. And you're like, all out of like a goodness of their heart, wanting to save the planet. <laughs> they're doing the opposite. Yeah, because they're it. so ignorant about. Let it. alone the disposal of those batteries. Yes. Yeah. I and, mean, that's one of the biggest things too. People always are like, "Oh, the windmills, the windmills, the windmills are so great." But when they break down and they got to dispose of them, those things don't decompose. Yeah. They got landfills all over the U.S. just plumb full of those things. You know. Yeah. They're they're um. It, there's, uh, it's funny, it's it's liberals and liberal arts majors, and folks who didn't get through science class in high school and they didn't pass physics and they didn't go on to calculus. It's all these writers and Birkenstock wearing corduroy, coffee drinking, <laughs> latte drinking hippies, and and the middle class that likes that that didn't do a science class. They're the ones out there dictating we wear masks for the last two years. They didn't pass a science class. You know, it's funny is that's one of the, the, the reasons behind picking Arizona. It's because we could actually host an event. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot yeah. of places right now you really can't. Still a free state. I couldn't hit 500 people into a room without six foot of distancing yeah. in, in California. Um, it's funny here because um, I have this kind of, you know, masks are rare enough now to see who's still wearing them, it's a it's a typecast. You, you know, you're like, oh, this is what a quintessential liberal looks like, <laughs> and it's starting to out everybody because yeah. I've people don't walk around with an L or an R on their no. on their jacket, no, nope. but now they do, right? It's <laughs> I mean, in the form of a mask. It's really like I come walking up, nobody goes, oh, where's that guy's mask? They all go, oh, that's one of those fucking guys. We tried to do this in California, and we got our permits pulled. 
We had tens of thousands of dollars invested in hosting an event in California, and they pulled my permits two weeks before the per- before the event and told me they'd find me if I held it. Awesome. Was that recently? No, uh, this is uh, over the summer. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, we got the midterms coming up, so everyone's starting to pull their head out of their yeah. ass. We've had a very good reception here from all the politicians. Like, they're actually very receptive to blockchain technology, and we have a meeting coming up in July down here with them again, and that's why I'll be back. They... uh they're really interested in it. I mean, the transparency alone for voting is one of the the biggest aspects. Yeah, it's going to be a big reach to shift people over to that. Um, oh, it'll be huge. Yeah. It'll be huge, but with people getting three ballots in the mail, Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no more of that. Yeah. Well, I think there's a general distrust for digital because of what's happened this last couple of years. And like you said earlier, misinformation. There's a lot of misinformation yeah. out there. People like to make it way scarier than it really is. Yeah. You know, the human element is what messes things up. Yeah. That's it. The technology's sound. It's more than sound. Well, I like the idea of it. I'm curious to see how the whole thing plays out. We've gone for a half an hour after I shook hands with you. Thanks for being here. Hey, sports <laughs> fans, that's the show. Uh, trying to keep it interesting, doing something a little off my normal beaten path, but I think we're going to see uh, some intersection of this with the way we live our life soon, and I think we all feel it and sense it coming, and that's why I was like, yeah, let me talk to this guy. I'm fascinated to find out what the hell's going on out there. It's kind of like uh, we're sitting in Philadelphia, and they're just opening up the West right now, and I'm this little newspaper telling you guys about a gunfight that happened at the okay corral it's kind of cool uh greg medford from the greg medford show here in phoenix arizona we're out